0: Welcome to the world of culture pop with Steve Mason and Sue Kalinske. Culture, comedy, movies, TV, tech, authors, trends, pop, pop. This is the Culture Pop Podcast. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason along with Sue Kalinski. Sue, I'm excited today. How about you? I'm very excited
2: because I our, love this guy.
1: Uh, our guest today is one of the funniest comedians working today. He is a master impressionist was a regular on Fox NFL Sunday, had a regular show at the Monte Carlo in Vegas, and he's released multiple solo CDs. Frank Caliendo is with us. Frank, how you doing, man? Great. Nice uh, recap of the Wikipedia page. (laughs) I, I went through it pretty, pretty
0: hard. I combed through that thing, Frank. But yeah, you left looks out, like you left
2: out mad TV. What's what's what's
0: what's up? With I'm that? fine with that. To be honest with you, I, I'm fine with that. I was always trying to get off that show. So oh, were you? Really? Got, oh, yeah, I got on there and I was like, oh, they don't really let you do what you want to do. So it was my first foray. Well, I guess I'd been on television before. I did a sketch show called Hype on the WB. Um, and then I thought it would be better over at Mad TV. And it was in some ways. But I wasn't a great writer um i would contribute on the writing but the best way to do it and they say this at saturday night live as well is to be the writer on your own sketch mm-hmm. um and that way you get the point of view and everything that you want to do even though the producers might hag with you some it's not the same as if you're just the actor in the sketch so that's, it's a, it's a much better way in my thought to go. That's why Michael McDonald did such a great job of writing all his sketches. And he was just a better writer than somebody like me. He went through the groundlings and all that type of stuff. I came straight from standup, uh, writing, you know, impression bits, which are very different than writing sketches and having a, you know, a peak and valley to the sketch and a build and. And even learning how to do more than just the voice in an impression and the face, you had to, you know, you had to en- en- encompass the entire person uh, and walk like the person, do all that stuff in the sketches a little bit more than, uh, than I was ready for. Because I, I was on TV before I'd ever done a sketch or even acted on stage. So it's wow. crazy.
1: Wow. Well, <laughs> normally when you come on Mason in Ireland, I pepper you with all kinds of uh, my Evil. joking and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to do any of that today. Cool.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever you want. I don't yeah. care. I, I I I signed up for the evil, even if it happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was your very first impression as a kid?
0: Uh, I you know, I would do. I wouldn't call them impressions. I, I there's a. I'm a I'm an impression snob. So when people say impressions, I think of an impression of an actual person. So when I would do back in the day, when I started doing the Robin Williams impression, that would be, you know, I'd do the face and, oh my goodness, and have the heart. That's what it was to be Robin, right? There was, it wasn't just bouncing around, pretending to be other people. It was being Robin himself. So that's an impression to me. Um, Voices are, um, you know, cartoon voices. Uh, Muppets and stuff like that and that's what I started out doing more of was the Muppets and stuff like that. I watched rich little on the Muppet show and um and him on uh let's see uh love boat mm-hmm. those types of shows and I would do you know hi I'm Kermit the frog here reporting from the planet Coosbane now the difference between a, a voice and an impression or like a you know a mimicked voice or a, or a a sound alike is that you're you are you, and I see this with cartoons and stuff like that all the time. Since the per the, the cartoon always basically sounds like the cartoon character because it's a person doing a character, you have to nail it one hundred percent. You can't do a Dana you can't Dana Carvey it right. You can't do a cartoon voice of a cartoon voice. People go, well, that doesn't sound like them. But you could do an impression of a person, and you can cartoon it up some because you get you get some play with that because it's just them being themselves. So um, with all that out of the way and not really answering your question yet, we'll go back to my first impression was probably, it's, you guys are lucky I even remember <laughs> what the question was. That's that's me half the time. Um, the first impression that I, or the first voices I did, I would say would be Muppets and, um, you know, Bert, old Bert, Ernie, you know, Bert and Ernie type of thing. Um, trying to think, uh, you know, the first impression I think that I did was um, probably Jay Leno. I was just sitting. I I was sitting in front of a mirror. I jutted my chin out and was like, "Hey, how would you like the natural cheese flavored arugula? That's all you want. We'll make more, you know." And then, and then it slowly turned into a muppet. It became Beaker from the Muppet Show. It was like, meep, 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 meep.
2: so when you're when you want to do a voice, when you're working on a voice, do you know, like, from when you first hear the voice, exactly where you have to go in your voice?
0: No, I no, not it? at all. Not at all because it's you have to find their their magic tricks. See, that's a, that's what people get confused here. And I always use this analogy. I'm a magician, not a sorcerer. And anybody who does impressions does the same type of thing. It's you have to find how can I trick people into believing that I created this voice. That it's an illusion. It's a vocal illusion is what it really is. So I don't know. You don't know. I don't know if I can get the voice. Um, I don't know. And e- if I can't get it to some way that would be considered dead on, you do a cartoon version, which to me, most of the time is funnier anyways. It's it's the content that goes along with it. What's the take of the person? What's the point of view of the person? But the I did this on TikTok because I'm really hip and young.
1: Yeah, um, you must <laughs> be hot on t- TikTok. TikTok.
0: And TikTok too. I'm really big on that. Um,
2: Topless. It's topless.
0: (laughs) Topless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and bottomless. Uh, It starts TikTok and then it goes to TikTok. So listen, I told you I get a little dirty. I get a little dirty. That's all right. I told you I love this guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I did this. I taught people how to do Morgan Freeman, and it's mostly guys because of the register. But you really, you just find the deepest voice you can do, and that's what you start with and uh susan you may actually be able to do this because you have a little bit of a deeper register um uh and you have a raspiness to your voice as well so you find the deepest then you just say a a phrase over and over and over so for me with morgan freeman and this is not going to start out as morgan freeman this is the deepest i could go ah yes ah yes and you can hear at least 10% Ten percent of it already, right? Yeah, ah, right. Yes, mm-hmm. and then you start to bring it up, and you ah, yes, and you play with it, and, ah, yes, ah, yes, ah, yes, and then you find the roller coaster and the music that's playing um, with the voice, and then you go to a longer phrase. And this is I'm I'm this is uh, you know sped up about two three months. All right, so uh, now you find the longer phrase. Fact of the matter is, truth of the matter is. And then you keep going, and you do that over and over and over. Morgan Freeman is actually not that hard of a voice. Now, the best I've ever heard is Josh Robert Thompson, and he actually does—he—he—he does, um, you know, like dubbing work. He loops Mm. for uh, Morgan Freeman, and his is like mine sounds like an impression of Morgan Freeman most of the time. His sounds like it's Morgan Freeman. Like I, I can fool some people, but audio people could be fooled by Josh actually doing it. So, um, yeah, but the, my goal is, do you know who I'm doing? That's all I care about. Do you know who I'm doing? That's as, a, that's as much. I never even used to, before the internet, I, didn't, I, I shouldn't say the internet, before the social media boom of the last 10 years or whatever it is, I wouldn't even worry about trying to get it dead on because nobody cared. People just wanted to laugh. Now they replay things over and over and over. And they, they break it down and they like, ah, you sounded kind of like I'm here. But in this, it, like, did you know who it was and did you laugh? <laughs> that, that, that's all that really matters is is it's it's entertainment. I'm not trying to be a dead-on, uh, you know, I'm not an impersonator. People get that confused. Wait a minute. What's the difference
1: between an impersonator and an impressionist?
0: Well, to me, an impressionist is somebody who can do, you know, you can play with it, you um, there's an art to it, right? There's an art to the cartooning, the, the caricature, finding the take. What's the point of view of the person? A um, An impersonation, I would say, is somebody who's trying to fool you into believing that they are that person, whether it's for entertainment value or like, so if I'm trying to impersonate Jeff Goldblum, here's the difference between a Jeff Goldblum impersonation and impression. So if I were going to do Jeff Goldblum. I would probably, that's an impersonation. I'm just doing, I'm just uh, doing what he does. But if I'm going to do an impression, ah, yes, of course. Why, 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 Uh, why do we do this? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out, but, uh, eh, uh, you know, you start playing with it and it becomes a little bit weirder and you find moments that make it your own. With Gruden, when I do the John Gruden, I'll tell you what, man. That's right there. You could be John Gruden, but then you're, you know, start doing that crazy over the top Gruden. But then it gets weird because then the people you do impressions of start to do impressions of you doing impressions because they forget who they are. And then it snowballs and you don't know what it is anymore. But to me, the impersonation or an impersonator would be like, you know, somebody dressing up as a a Vegas act, you know, an impersonator is a Michael Jackson impersonator, Cher impersonator. They're not really Michael Jackson or Cher impressionists. They're impersonators. They, they, they're trying to get you to believe you're in that moment. Now, a sketch, you know, a sketch is is kind of in the middle like a Saturday Night Live sketch, but usually to get the laugh, you've got to blow it up a little bit and make it be a little bit funnier. There's a guy named Up Michael who was who's on the second uh, version of Mad TV, and he's one of the best voice mimics I've ever heard. He's Unbelievable. But Will Sasso and I, because I talked to Piat, Will Sasso, I gave him the same advice. You're too dead on with a sketch. Mm -hmm. You have to turn it into something funny and goofy to have the sketch have a take. Because the person's actual take, might as well just have the actual person doing it. Uh, Think of it as like a cartoon. When a person's in a cartoon, somebody's on The Simpsons or something like that, it's much more interesting when they kind of make fun of themselves and what they normally do. That's an impression as opposed to an impersonator who's just doing what they do beat for beat.
2: What I love about um, seeing your impressions, like seeing you know, not just hearing it, but seeing you live, is is your transition into the impression? <laughs> it's like you you did you did one on uh, George W and you said that it's great having a president that always looks like he's looking into the sun right so while you're you're looking at him and at the setup to it is so funny cuz then i just i can't wait for you to hear the voice that matches right the that's the,
0: that's the writing of the bit right that's the writing mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. and giving you the the setup with the bush you know when you when you when you it's kind of, I always look at it like this. It's a speech. Tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. That's what they always taught us in grade school, how to tell a speech. Well, with an impression, I used to not do that stuff. I didn't give them the setup. I just go into it and people would laugh at all different times because there was a realization laughter. Well, I cut that out and said, all right, so I'm just going to cut to the chase and give you the line, but I need a joke to get there. And I think that's probably some Dana Carvey influence, although I didn't, you know, do that on purpose. Um, but Carvey's great at that. It's like setting up who's who are you going to, you know, wh- what's the, what's the point of view of the person, and then act it out. Mike Lucas, who's a stand-up comedian, came from Second City in Chicago and stuff like that. He would do it without impressions. He would do it with, he would do it with characters. And he's once said to me, "Do the same thing you do with impressions, but do it characters, and it's that's how you get it." But if you kind of lead people down a path. Then the character is easier to follow along with. If you just start doing a character out of nowhere and with an impression, a lot of times the point of view, not even the point of view, the voice is already set up, but the point of view isn't. So give them that point of view, look for the face, and then it's a physical joke. So I get out of an impression, I would get the joke itself. George W. Bush looked like he was always looking directly into the sun. And then I do it. That's a second laugh. And then I throw in the voice. So you get three laughs on one impression. Um,
2: yeah. And and it's, you know, because, you know, I, I did stand up for a long time. And, you know, in my travels, you know, you come across people who are funny, but, you know, someone who doesn't have a point of view. Yeah, you know, and and I think a lot of impressionists during my lifetime. I did impressions when I
0: first started doing stand-up. Oh yeah, do do one, do one.
2: I didn't really have a point of view. Yeah, and that's so why you did more I of a stopped.
0: vaudevillian. That was more vaudevillian than probably if exactly. you didn't have the, and that
2: and that's hmm. why I I stopped doing it because I felt like I. I, I like nobody really knew who i was and mm-hmm. you know you you're, you were able to um kind of tell people who you were because you do have that setup i never really had that setup i would just kind of go into a bit you know hey just say you know george burns is doing whatever and i would just do the impression so, right
0: um, what Im- i, I want to hear the impressions you did yeah yeah me too
2: <laughs> I by did, the way frank well, i've
0: heard
1: some of these these are from like the mid 20th century yeah
2: <laughs> So are a lot of mine. (laughs) I I started stand-up in the late 70s, so there you go. But And it's funny because you said that I have a deep voice. So my shtick was I did the wives of the men, but they sounded just like their husbands because my voice
0: was so deep. Yeah, but see, that's actually a take. That's an interesting take. Okay, go ahead.
2: So, um, you know, my name is George Burns, so I'll sing a little song for you, Swanee. I mean, not Swanee, Swanee, uh, that's Al Jolson. So that was, you know, so, (laughs) but I did, I did all like, you know, John Wayne and, uh, you know, James Cagney, I did all the old, you know, Humphrey Bogart.
0: Now, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, because you didn't have the point of view, like you said, you had to rely on joke jokes. Yes. And that's, that's the difficult thing is because, and that's why it makes it vaudevillian. If you have the point of view, you just have the conversation and put in another character talking to them. So the back and forth is what actually creates the the laughter and it's the relationship um, between the two characters. I remember years ago, and this is probably un-PC now, but at the time it was state of the art. I shouldn't state of the art, but it was it was groundbreaking when um, when Damon Wayans and uh, who was it? Uh, I can't think of his name on in living color did men on films.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Th-
0: um, uh, David Allen Greer yeah, yeah David, David Allen Grier. Mm-hmm. So they they had it wasn't. They talked about this. I, I heard on some documentaries something. They they, had, they didn't have. They kind of had. It was you know it was two gay men, and it was uh, you know they were, were going over films, and they'd get excited by certain things in films and stuff like that. But it didn't have a. a um, it, it didn't have a relationship between the two. So later. I guess right before they, they shot it for what they they brought it or they were going to shoot it on stage or, or, you know, for TV, it turned out they were, you know, they were had a relationship and he'd be like, don't get mad. And so he'd say that. And so they, their relationship form and they would fight in it and, you know, and have like a relationship moment. And it was kind of real, you know, it was kind of real, like, Hey, don't, don't be talking about this. Don't get mad. And then it popped right? So then you had the relationship between the two. Um, and that was one of the things that got me thinking later on, Oh, it's not about jokes, it's relationships. And then you learn in acting. That's what, you know, some of the funniest stuff happens from very serious things going back and forth. Um, that's, you know, that's the awkwardness. Larry David's the king of that. You know, you make, you're both very serious. you're, 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 you're not trying. Will Ferrell is fantastic at it too. He's so serious that you're like, this is funny. So as opposed to people who are just trying to be funny. Um, and to me, that stuff, I don't laugh at that stuff. I laugh at, I like, I love better call Saul, the moments in better call Saul where you're just like, Oh my God, how are they going? I've been in that same kind of situation. Oh no, that's the stuff I love because it's real. It's not, you can you don't feel like and almost any comedy movie you ever watch. It works. Don't get me wrong. But it, you, every, every comedy I ever watch, I go, uh, you know, I know, I know what they're doing here. They're setting this up. Um, you know, and why wouldn't this guy just tell the other person, uh, you know, I I, 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 I overheard you, you know, saying something. It's and things like a sitcom stuff. Things just, uh, snowball to the point where you're going, I don't know. I, that you could have fixed this really easily as opposed to like in better call. So there's a reason they don't tell you and it builds over a, a, a decent amount of time and you're going, Oh God, how oh they? He lied so much that he's yeah. really in trouble now.
1: Yeah. So. It's such a good, such a good show. Such a good show. So you did uh, late show with David Letterman. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sue told me that you actually did an impression of Letterman for Letterman? Is that true?
0: Yeah, because she cares about me more and watches more of what I she, do than you She usually. actually went uh, back and did a lot of research. Uh, uh, research. Like, I see what this thing. show is. I see what this <laughs> yeah, I'm just, making, honest, sh- I'm just making shit is, up. Honesty is what's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, Letterman <laughs> would ask me, Leno would always go, hey, you going to do me on the show today? Are you going to do me? My people love it when you do me, do me, do me. <laughs> Letterman, Letterman's like, hey, you, you, uh, and he'd spring it on me while I was sitting there. He's like, you're gonna, you're gonna do a little, uh, do a little, uh, Dave, do a little, uh, do a little me. And I'd be like, Paul, what do you think? I think that's awkward, Dave. <laughs> Each and every day. Uh, what I like to do is, uh, uh bake a strudel uh, uh, and you bake a strudel, Paul, not sure tape, smoke break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so
1: yeah, they he, did, he would like that kind of stuff. Did There's you ever no do somebody did you ever do somebody that didn't like the impression?
0: Madden didn't like me forever. Um oh, interesting. And the, yeah, the um and he would always say he would always tell people that he did, but he didn't because network presidents would tell me that he didn't. Um and then I made his grandkids laugh one day at a Super Bowl. And he was like, I get it now. So uh, I think people think what usually happens is people think it's going to hurt their bottom line. The impression they think is going to hurt um, them, you know, take them off the pedestal as a celebrity, which is exactly the opposite of what happens. If somebody like me, if somebody is like it's Saturday Night Live, does an impression of a person and it has a good take and it's funny all of a sudden everybody starts to do those impressions like that then madison avenue starts writing for those and now you get a whole new set of commercials look at all the gruden commercials oh yeah gruden's gruden's so likable now gruden's gruden went from that you know everybody looking at him doing that thing and people like were mad (laughs) or, or thought he was always angry and now they see other parts of them, especially in in uh, quarterback camp and stuff like that. So it's not like me, I'm doing it on my own, but it helps when you cartoon the person up even a little bit more and put them in outside the box situations, fish on a water situations. Now, Madison Avenue just takes those things and it goes, okay, now we know how to write for your commercial. And uh, they end up making even something back on that. So it's it, it, it's usually the, the worry that they're going to... Um, you know, it's going to hurt their money. And I'm trying to think of some other people. I'm, actors. I don't think have ever really had an issue with it. It's usually, it's usually, you know, the guy who, who doesn't like people doing impressions at all, who gave me the greatest compliment in the world. was just re- recently. And he's done some himself is Norm Macdonald, Norm Macdonald. Uh, he's like, you know, uh, you, you know, people do, uh, you know, the impressions there, you know, it's really just kind of, uh, you know, mocking you to your face. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, but the one guy who can, who can do that, should, the only guy who should be able to do an impression of me is the greatest impressionist in the world, Frank Caliendo. <laughs> so he tweeted this out, and people were like texting me and tweeting him. Did you see Norm? I'm like, hey, he's right, man. No, uh, but it was <laughs> it was one of those moments because Norm to me is one of the funniest human beings, if not the funniest. But his his thing is this. So here's my take on Norm. He he's so funny. And some people don't find it funny at all. Oh, I think and he's I, so damn funny. because he and they think it. They they'll say it's just the delivery. I'm like, no, no, no. The guy's a genius writer as well, and he it g- does not give a shit. He he has no yeah. fear, and that's what makes him great. Right. I have like constant fear because I I make so much money in the corporate world and stuff like that. Man. I'm always worried that's going to get cut off. Um, but Norm Norm will do this. Like he will. He'll take forever. To get to a little punchline, but he can say normal words and somehow they'll make you laugh in that story. I'd be like, you know, you ever, uh, you ever go out to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the grocery store? <laughs> like, this is funny? What? I can't hold it in. That's so funny. And then he'll have a brilliant line at the end. I did. I did another one of those on the tack, but it was like, you know, he's like, yeah, you are know, there? Uh, you know, they're. Uh, you know they're doing those demonstrations. You know those demos for sure. Isn't it funny the demos? You know, are short for demonstration. But uh, you know they're doing those demos, and they got a toothpick in a uh, in a hot dog. Oh yeah, and you killed a hot dog. He's beer fishing in the middle of the. The grocery store <laughs> yeah. there, you, you know? Yeah. He kinda
2: of he kinda of sounds like he's he's kind of a delayed letterman in in some way. Well he, well, did, the, he did a great He let did me. a
1: letterman he, impression that was that absolutely killed. And I was working at CBS then and I heard that uh, that Letterman did not like Norm McDonald's Letterman.
0: Well, I, he had heard that I saw an episode where Norm was on Letterman too. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you haven't been, uh, you haven't been on the show in a while. Hey, you didn't like me, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I know. you know, i gotten, I caught in between which guy that was, but I, I guess they, I, Dave said he, that wasn't the case or whatever, but who knows, you know, people also change their minds after they hear things. And, and when they, they, um, when they see where it's coming from there's two ways to do an impression or a character i learned back when i was learning a little bit about improv and stuff like that was you can either really love the person or really hate the person but if you attach an emotion to them it gives you a way to find your way into the take and you can find something even a person you dislike and you can find things about them that you like so i'm gonna i'm gonna show you um one i'm gonna show you one easy one with donald trump so uh, Alec Baldwin, you can tell, comes from complete hate of Donald Trump. Yes, yes. <laughs> and 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 you 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 start to and if you hate Donald Trump, you probably love it, right? Um if you if you're in the middle, if you don't care, you know, if you're like, we'll get over Donald Trump in four years, or I love Donald Trump, you're gonna hate that impression. My impression was always like I found the thing, I'm like, he's selling even when he shouldn't be selling, right? We've got a very very good idea i've got a great idea i'm good i'm going to be selling steaks during, you know you're going how could he possibly like you it i don't want to use the word admire but you have to be amazed that he has the balls to do that at certain times and that's the that's how i pick up i go okay so even though i know so much about this guy or whatever and i stay middle of the road politically anyways but you can yeah i mean you can get things into my. i am kind of middle of the road politically anyways but it's one of those things where i'm like Well, I'm going to make fun of him and make fun of things that I know are insane about him, but the people that love him can still like, and I, and if people get mad at me for that, I'm sorry. I, you know, at least I'm, at least I'm taking the money out of somebody else's uh, wallet. You know, that's it. You can think of it that way. Jay Leno was on the show, uh,
1: last week we did a show with him and he said that he thinks the, the Trump era has been bad for comedy because everybody has to do the same stuff. And he also said that, you know, it already is taken to extreme. In other words, if the president is banging hookers, the president is banging hookers, it sort of takes the joke out of it. What do you think?
0: Well, quite frankly, and I I think Jay Letter does a very good job for a guy who looks like that. But when I, when I think about it, um, really, I mean, do I Yes and no. I always went crazy with the stuff is that. I would say we're going to make America great again, and then we're going to make the planet great again. And then we're going to make the solar system great again. Then we're going to make the galaxy great again. by the way, Milky Way, also a fantastic candy bar. And then we're going to make the universe great again. And that's just this universe. We're going to make every universe great again. The Marvel Universe, the DC Universe. We're gonna cross them. We're gonna cross. We're gonna make the Snyderverse. We're gonna bring the Snyderverse back, and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be very, very good. I mean, I think that's the thing. I think. Listen, I, I again, I want. See, that's and,
1: that's a take as opposed to, but it's not a political take, right? And it's a cartoon.
0: I mean, yeah. it's, it's it goes to the voice is pretty good, but it goes the take goes. Hey, Trump is so out there with what he does. He's PT Barnum. I'm going to make him, uh, you know, I'm going to make him selling other worlds. I'm going to have him trying to go, you know, join the MCU. That's what I'm going to do with him. So, um, and you know, he's, he's so big. And so, and people say that, you know, with Biden, what do you do? And I've been looking at Biden And some of the things he does, like, if you look at Joe Biden, he always looks, this is a little more visual to start with, but that's usually how I do. He always looks like he's reading, you know, he's squinting. He's doing that thing and doing the thing. Come on, man. What are we doing here? So when he does that, when he's talking, he's got the squint. But when he listens, he listens with his eyes. You ever watch him do that? Like, he'll just, (laughs) he'll lean in and he's. So Barack Obama, I think sometimes he's trying to do an impression of Obama because Obama. A minute, you think Obama. Biden's trying to do an impression? Yeah, of Obama. I think he's trying to copy him. I think okay. he's trying to copy his speech patterns because he doesn't have the the the, uh, the smoothness that Barack Obama had. So Barack Obama say, uh, "Let me be clear. This is uh, what we're uh, going to do in this situation." <laughs> but he Biden Biden's like when you're you ever you're typing something. On the, the computer, yeah, and you you you're typing so fast. You look back and you didn't put any spaces in. That's what that's what Joe Biden does. So he speaks like that. So Biden would say, uh, "Let me be clear. This is what i going to be doing here. Come on, man. So you just throw them all together. <laughs> Superconfratulissimus. <laughs> Come on. What, we, what 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 are we doing? Come and he's on, got folks. that thing. Yeah. Come on, folks. What are we doing? Come on. <laughs> he keeps doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. like, well, yeah, you? It's like my my wife and her brother, when they were kids, put sparklers all around my father-in-law's car and blew it up, basically. <laughs> I could see Joe Biden, grandpa Biden, like, oh come on, kid, what are you doing? Are you can't put sparklers in the car. Come on, man. What are we doing? What are gonna, oh. What's the deal, then, man? Here's what's the, the, deal? Deal. What's the deal. What's the deal? He gets he gets caught between like he'll start five sentences. What are we doing? Come on, man. Who's the guy with the thing doing that? And then he'll, he'll he'll do the thing where he clears it all like it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, we don't we don't <laughs> know what you're saying. What you, you know, I don't want I don't want to have to repeat it. We, what do you mean you don't want to have to repeat it? You didn't say it the first time. So, well, so he's got then, a very fatherly
2: way about him too. Yeah, I, mean,
0: I find just, a grandfather, and that's why they call him Grandpa Joe.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: that, come on, mm-hmm. what are we doing? What are we doing? Why do why do you blow it up? Don't blow it up.
1: What what is your most obscure impression?
0: Um, I, you know I don't know. I it's, it's, uh, well, probably uh, Max Wright when he was the dad from Elf. Yeah, Lynn, wow. Brian Alf, please don't eat Lucky. That's, that's stupid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> or you know, I am the key you Are you the gatekeeper? You know, it's like an character from a movie. Um yeah, there's lots of weird ones like that. But I mean what it depends on what you it, I don't know what's obscure anymore because so many things uh with the internet now everybody everything finds its audience. Yes. Right. So yes. it's it was the opposite way when I was coming By up the you way, had Alf, to find,
1: Alf not finding its audience.
0: <laughs> hey Willie. <laughs> um <laughs> uh my my Mike trout from uh I got my oh, Mike nice. Mike Irwindrup. okay yeah okay all right everything's gonna be fine you know <laughs> that's pretty that's fairly
1: obscure yeah that's um, fairly obscure you're a big no never, uh, better call Saul fan huh
0: I I love that I I really love I love Breaking Bad but the, I don't know there's something about Odin Kirk that I'm just like this guy is unbelievable He's how so good is and everybody on that show is uh you know it's so Michael McKean it's so well done and it's for some people it's a little slow. Yep. Um, but I, I don't care. I I I just enjoy the acting of it and the characters. I and I like watching to,
1: somebody's kind of the character slowly develop, right? I mean, that's one of yeah. the things. I mean, something that happens you can't do in a movie. You can do it in a long form television series uh with, with well, the you entire
0: season. Well, what you're what you're saying there is I, I've made this point a few times to people that Cable television and streaming does what network television can't do. Network television is beautiful people telling you what they're about to do uh, in the dialogue and then doing it so you know what's going to happen. Streaming and, you know, FX and stuff like that is regular-looking people that might have some good-looking aspects to them or character-looking aspects to them doing things in closer to real time and letting it happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you watch A Better Call Saul, Mike Ehrman trying to do something in episode two that doesn't pay off till episode three yeah. and they don't tell you why he's doing it. And then you go, oh! Or you didn't notice the license plate, you know, the little Easter eggs that turn out to be really important that you know the character saw, but they didn't point out to you by circling it right um, during the episode. And that's the stuff that, Uh, I uh, that's the stuff I gravitate toward when I watch, um, you know, anything on anything streaming or television, I go, okay, I, I like to, Learn as I go, whether as opposed to being told what's about to happen, because I I used to do that bit with the super friends where the announcer said, meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom, Lex Luthor plans to take over the world. I have a plan to take over the world. (laughs) Well, we know that. Hello, redundancy. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's it's. But that's that, you know, that's. That's what kids' cartoons were, and then that's a lot of what, you know, network television is, too.
2: Well, you know, I I worked in uh, I work in reality TV, and I did, like, a bunch of docu-series, you know, but uh, most of my stuff was, like, the Osbournes, and I worked on Top Chef and, you know, shows like that. But I did have a period where I worked on docu-series where the notes always were, you know, they always wanted, like, every step of the way of someone getting somewhere. So someone would be uh, in their house, and then the next time you would see them – um, they would be in a store and the notes were always, how did they get there? And it's like, do <laughs> I, ha-? they got in their car or they walked or they got, you know, they rode their bike or they got in. They Uber, did a lot of boring
0: stuff that yeah. didn't, you that know, didn't just keep your, your attention.
2: Chase. I mean, if you want to see every moment of how, do you really think people are at home thinking, how did they get there? You know, in a flying saucer, <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And, you know. So, I, I mean, I, I, I totally, you know, agree with you with, you know, the, the, you know, you don't need to know. It's, you're on a need-to-know basis, basically.
0: Well, it's also, that's what they do in books, right? A book, you read a book, it gives you little clues along the way. There's foreshadowing and there's context and stuff like that. And that's why people always say the book is better than the movie. Well, that's because the book let you think and figure things out as opposed to just being told the whole time because they got to fit it into two hours. Um, I think there's I think there's a lot to it and people but you know we've done that so much that we've gotten to the point where that's where people are at like I mean I watch if I see stuff on social media I go oh my god how many cuts did you have unnecessarily there just to keep people's attention it's you're going this is this is unwatchable 20 years ago and this is what people are you know you might as well be blinking your eyes and making it strobe You're, you're like I don't get it, but I'm just old, I guess. I'm I'm waiting to die. I don't
1: (laughs) Don't think you're quite at that point yet.
0: 47, man.
1: 47. 47. Yeah. Oh, God. 47. I'm 56. Sue, how old are you? I know I'm not supposed to ask, but. I
2: don't care. I'm going to be 64.
1: Nice. In a couple of weeks. So. uh, Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. Do you ever have to retire an impression?
0: Um, I, I would retire them from like TV and stuff like that. Cause if I was doing John Madden on TV, it's, you know, I, I do them in stage shows because people want to see the stuff live. You know, if people are paying for it, I give them a little bit. So what it's do they want to much. see? They
1: want to see the Madden
0: Madden Barkley, Morgan Freeman. Uh, let's see. Um, Gruden, uh, those are some of the main ones. Money uh, totally money that is that's a it's always it's always very very good and he's always in the he's one of those guys that just speaks his mind he's you know he's he's kind of he'll get in trouble for a little bit for saying something that might go against the grain but he, he believe he's not saying it to, to start trouble He says it because he's a you know a human being with an opinion and he has something you know it's usually based on something he believes so um you know, they'll say, I've spoken Charles Barkley. Well, what's wrong with that? Just say stuff. And you can be wrong, too. I mean, there's not, there's not that we've kind of lost that in society, I think. We've lost the ability to be wrong. I've, you know, I've made a lot of bad decisions, said a lot of bad things in, uh, in my life, not just, you know, entertainment-wise in life. We screw up. You know, we, we make errors. and that's. But the Internet loves to, to, to point it out to you. You go, all right, what, what am I going to do? Do you it worry about it? that at all? Oh yeah. All the time. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I do, I, I try to get out of it because, but like I said, for me, it's really just about corporate stuff and my, and it's also my family. I don't want my family to have to deal with it. I mean, I really I, don't care for me. I mean, I have enough money in the bank. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, but in terms of, I'm just worried about my family. If I didn't have kids and I wasn't married, it would be a totally different, I'd be, you know, saying exactly what I think all the time. You know, I, I, I I love the guys like you know Chappelle and Bill Burr that just go out there. and They you know people get mad at Bill Burr, but he's you know I think he's right on so much stuff. I mean you know I have said something, to somebody like well Bill Burr says something really a lot like that. I'm like well oh, good, then I, I know I'm on the right track. But, <laughs> right. Uh,
2: In, <clears throat> like I re- I worked with um, with Norm Macdonald years ago on um, Last Comic Standing. He was a judge, and um, you know I didn't really know Norm that well, and he was. Uh, I was kind of surprised to hear this, but he was really remorseful about some jokes that he did in the past that he thought were kind of hurtful. And he did this one joke, and you may remember it, where he saw a homeless guy with a dog. And he was like, what was this dog thinking? You know, it's like he looks at the guy and he's like, you know, hey, you know, I, I can get this gig on my own. What do I need you for? <laughs> and then the well, dog is was probably thinking this was the longest walk ever. <laughs> and he well, said that it? he'll never do the joke. Again, because well, it, he he thought that it was really mean spirited and and uh, well, and that a lot of that stuff.
1: A lot of his stuff had a little mean spirited vibe. I mean, he did the funniest joke in the history of Weekend Update for me, where he took that. It was during the OJ trial, and he put up the picture of OJ sort of in the foreground and Johnny Cochran putting the hat on, and he said, uh, "OJ was heard to say, careful with that, Johnny. That's my lucky stabbing hat.'" <laughs> <laughs> like like he would just hit mean stuff uh, there's a fine line between mean and funny if you like mean funny norm is definitely your guy
0: yeah i don't see that that homeless joke i don't even understand why because it's a homeless person but it's not really making fun it's not trying to hurt the homeless person it's the dog's perspective of but i do it's the
1: unhoused
0: now no is that really what the yeah yeah they're going with the unhoused.
2: oh wow who, i and, haven't heard that
0: and, and that's not homeless people saying that right because the homeless people would be like ah, you're, you're <laughs> making us too unrelatable <laughs> 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 it's, i'm just I, houseless. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know i i don't know and i'm i always thought to me it was always intent if your intent was to try and hurt somebody yeah that's that's something, and a lot of the things that we're stuck in a world of no nuance right now. And there are people that are trying to hurt other people, um, you know, different groups, um, you know, different sets of society, or whatever you want to say. Um, and that's, I think, that's that's terrible. Yeah, absolutely not. You shouldn't be doing these, you know, easy hurtful jokes. But when we're different that's some of the greatest times to make, you know, have fun with each other and kind of make fun of each other going, Hey, you're different than me, but this is great that we're kind of bonding over the fact that how our differences, we we don't understand them. That's kind of funny. When we don't understand where each other's come from, we go, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but explain it to you. Oh my God, that's where you're, Oh, and you can be remorseful and sorry. Then you go, Oh God, I I didn't mean to, to, to do that to you. Okay. So you can, you can, that can help too. I mean, but, trying to, you know, you don't, you don't ever find out what's okay. And what isn't by, unless you say stuff. Right. And again, right. people know that there, there are certain stuff that people go, go okay, you're, you're just trying to, to hurt somebody there. And I yeah. don't like that stuff. that That's never been, you know, shock, shock to hurt is brutal, but to find some new, you know, something interesting of somebody who's different than me and go, well, I don't get this. I don't understand this. Explain it to me. And then you, in the end, you go, oh, yeah, I get it. I, okay. Right, right. It makes sense. Okay. And then you learn from it. It's That's, that's all very interesting to me. Well, you- there, is, there is a
2: very fine line these days, too, you know, with political correctness when it comes to, you know, stand-up especially. I know a lot of stand-ups that, you know, there are certain jokes that they, they can't do, they won't do or, you know, performing on college campuses has been really the worst. toxic. I am mean, you just, you can't say anything. And, you no. know, I, I remember doing colleges many, many years ago. I remember doing a, a Catholic college somewhere in San Diego, and I had some very strong opinions about, you know, pro-life and pro-choice. And, um you know, probably half the audience was with me and half the audience wasn't. And, you know, my feeling was, you know, I'm not trying to change your mind, you know? I'm a right. comedian, and I'm just telling you, this is just my point of view. Either you're, you're, you're with me or you're not with me, but these are jokes. You know what right. I mean? So, but, but it is, it is a very, very difficult. Um, it's, it's, it's become really, really difficult.
1: Yeah. So uh, are you a sports fan? We've never actually talked about this. You do. I mean, obviously you've got the Gruden and the Madden and the Charles Bar. Is there a team that you follow? Is there a team you root for?
0: Well, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I was uh, growing up pretty much a Packer fan by state law, pretty much. Um, uh, but I, you know, I, I guess my my family is from Chicago. The ones we can talk about, but uh, Italians from Chicago, you're not always free <laughs> to, to speak. Um, but you know, we, they would send us six foot by my uncle used to send a six foot by five foot bears posters that he would get with his camel bucks that he traded, you know, his, his <laughs> cigarette miles. Like, can you imagine a cigarette company being, yeah, could you imagine a cigarette company being, uh, being with the NFL now? Yeah. So, um, I, and now that I've gotten to know so many people in sports, it's hard to root uh, I root for people to do well more yeah. than caring about. Games. Although I find myself caring about who wins, I like underdogs a lot of the time. But I also love dynasties. Depends on who it is and what the you know what the character of the team is too. I I don't even know why I like. I'll I'll find myself going. Oh, I can't believe they lost. And like I didn't care about this team before a week ago. What what's wrong with me? I don't. Why I don't, I'm going to go on with my life? It doesn't mean anything. But I I don't know what in since actually the. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the shutdowns and stuff like that, I've become much less of a sports fan. Really? You know, why do you think that is? I think I just found so many other things in my life I needed to worry about (laughs) Hmm. that. Uh, I went, I still like sports, but I, I, I don't have the urgency to, to know what's going on as much anymore. And it all came down from, you know, I was like, when there was no sports, I'm like, Oh, there's so much more that I'm doing right now. Um, but I do love it for background. I, yeah. I love I I'll, like I'll I'll watch the Final Four. Um I've been watch I watched the um the NCAAs, I, the 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 tournament that I, I watched that whole thing through. Um there's an interesting NBA game on. I mean I'll I'll if it's you know if the Zion is playing, I'm interested sure. in that. Um Baseball, which I grew up playing and love, I can't get into the way I used to get into. I don't know if I'm affected by the TikTok culture or what, um, but I just I, I I'm an urgency person. I like a lot to happen, and I, To go to a baseball game, spend three hours, and is I feel like I'm not getting anything done. It's all relaxing. Around, it's
1: like the Better Call be. Sports.
0: Yeah, but here's my and it is because you know it, what you don't get on television watching a baseball game. Yeah. Is you don't get all the mind games going on the manager. You got the guys warming up in the bullpen. You got um, so much happening uh, that television can't capture uh, the same way that it can with other sports because there's so much other action in other sports, different types of action. Um, but my son also doesn't have any interest in baseball, and I, you know, my dad loved baseball. My dad played the minor leagues for a little bit, so that's what brought me into baseball. So. My son loves watching basketball, and uh, you know he's a 16-year-old now. And he loves shoes. He lo- he loves the NBA, mm-hmm. um, and college f- or, uh, and and NFL football is pretty big to him. But no baseball at all. So that that takes away from stuff. And you know, my daughter got into the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, when she broke her elbow a yep. couple of years ago. And that brought me even as much as I love those movies. And as a kid, I, I love comic books and uh, cartoons, you know, the super friends and stuff like that. When my daughter got into the MCU, I got into it more because it was my thing with her. Right. You know, so, um, and now Falcon and the winter soldiers on, and she loves both those guys. Yeah. Um, uh, Bucky and Sam. And did you watch, I, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Wanda WandaVision? vision. Yeah. I loved it. I actually loved it more at the beginning when people, some people didn't like it. Yeah. That's when I liked it too. I I, I
1: thought it's genius.
0: It's brilliant. Brilliant. And then it, you know, they had to shoot that quickly and get it wrapped up because it was COVID and stuff like that. So they actually had to tighten things up a little quicker than they wanted to. And it wasn't supposed to come out until much later. Anyways, they, you know, Marvel's trying to move some stuff around to get it all to fit. But, um, I, you know, I just love those. My daughter's gotten to meet because of me doing, you know, whoring myself out. She's gotten to meet Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Holland. Wow. Um, Yeah. And uh, even uh, uh, quick Don Cheadle uh, and um, who else did she get to meet? Uh, Oh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin actually used me. He and Oliver Stone used me as inspiration. For the movie W, so they watched video of me doing really? George W. Oh, that's
1: cool. Oh, well, wow. yeah.
0: There's vi- there's video of that out there, and I added, it, and I went. So I went to. We got in the we we were skipping in line, but we got in the line, and we took a picture of Josh Brolin. And Josh Brolin has this look on his face, like, "What? Why do I know you?" When we took the picture, <laughs> so. Um, we we later got back because I talked. He he had the same kind of agents and stuff like that. So I got it, so we could go meet him. And, um, and hang out With him for a few minutes And uh, He's like oh no I knew it was you I'm like really he's like yeah he's like I didn't know What you were doing here and then Chris Evans just happened to be with him at the same time Because they were doing dual pictures And Evans goes what are you guys talking About and, and, and um, uh, Brolin says uh, this guy help, helped me With a movie role and it, Evans like what role and I was like Thanos, and he's like, "What?" He's like, "Wait," is he go-? and then Chris Evans goes, "Wait a second, who are you?" And I go, "Frank Caliendo." He goes, "Oh my god!" And that's when my daughter's face lit up because he's like, "Oh, dude, do some Belichick, do some mad, do mad, do mad." He, start, he starts quoting things from my act because awesome, he's a huge man. Patriots fan, and my daughter she went crazy. And then Brolin's talking to her about uh, you know her elbow being broken and all that stuff. I told Chris Evans about how. Um, you know, she got into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because she was a gymnast and couldn't do that anymore, or at the time being, and she's still dealing with it, but a broken elbow. And so, we ended up in the, they they had to shoe us out because uh they had to get back the pictures and they were falling behind. And and, and Chris Evans, like, get in, get out of the picture, get another picture. So, then a little bit later, we see Chris Evans or yeah, Evans outside the pipe and drape kind of stuff. Yep, and uh, he's like, he sees me and he's like, Hey, Frank, he's like. This was, so, was, was talked for a couple of seconds. And my daughter goes, this is the greatest. That's even better. I go, why? She goes, he didn't have to talk to you there. He wanted to talk to you more. Oh. I'm like, well, and she was 13 at the time. I go, well, this is your 13. It was on her 13th birthday in Seattle. I go, your 13th birthday. And it's all down here for the rest of your life. That's <laughs> all I'm going to tell you.
1: Straight downhill. Yeah, um, so. Well, do you think, uh, last thing for you, do you think the pandemic has launched a thousand impressions? In other words, the the lockdown and the pandemic and being at home a lot, have you worked on a bunch of new impressions? In other words,
0: was this a a good creative period for you? I work on some, but I'm just not even interested in them because it's just the same thing over and over and over. Impressions just feel like I've been working on my acting more. And uh, now I'm trying to write some different stand-up and work some impressions into it, but it's, I, I, some of the impressions I wear, I worked on a bunch of Avengers, you know, I I, I can, the Robert Danny Jr. Okay, so here's the deal. This is what we're doing. Um, do me a favor. Just, he always sounds like he's eating his words, like everything. <laughs> Blueberry, do me a favor. Um, just enjoy me. Okay. Um, you know, and then, Loki, my brother. I am Loki, of Asgard, And I'm burdened with glorious purpose. I am. So there's a bunch now more that I can do. I don't exactly know what to do with them. Um, do you use them on but, uh, on the TikTok? Yeah, I throw that stuff out there. The thing about TikTok is, oh, again, it's it's so funny. People know me from Mad TV, which said, uh, you know, I, I didn't really care about that stuff. I forgot. A lot of times I forget I even done that show. And I did a couple of appearances on a Disney show called Live and Maddie for my daughter because I tweeted at the show one time that my daughter loves the show and the creators actually knew me and had worked a little bit on my show when I had it on TBS. They worked bu- with somebody else kind of off uh, on a tangent and they invited me to come on the show and do something and then they re- did what everybody does. They rewrote the part for me to do impressions in the show and uh, now all these kids know me from that and that's, you go got some living, Maddie? Yeah, I am. That's uh, <laughs> all I've ever done. Well, you did the only something... Thing I've ever-
2: you did something very, very funny um, during the Viney. pandemic called uh, the Irish Man.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Steve, that, did you that see that? No, I did not see it.
0: Again, so, problem- Frank tell research. us about it. It's yeah. hysterical. Well, it was it was the Irishman, but it was about the virus. And when everybody was going to lockdown, people were stealing toilet paper. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, I did the De Niro and Pacino, the Hoffa phone call. Uh, I heard you heard toilet paper. Yes. Yes, sure. I do. I do. And uh, I also uh, got hand sanitizer, you know, that kind of thing. And then I, I, I did. I'd never had a Pesci before, but I was able to do old Joe Pesci. And I started to talk like this and it all started to come around. The people think that this guy doesn't have what it takes, but he had every piece of toilet paper in the United States of America. So... And it was, it was, there were, there were two things I did that I was super proud of. It was that. And, um, and it was, uh, a a thing about me and Julie, Juliet, my daughter, she was basically Nebula and I was, uh, Tony Stark. And we started off by playing paper football and it's the same kind of thing about how we're bored and playing and played every board game, uh, imaginable. And then, um, we run out of toilet paper and my, my wife comes home as uh, captain uh, Marvel with toilet paper. So nice. Uh, yeah. It was just, you know, those, those two things, cause they were kind of cinematic and, and decently put together. And I just did them on my phone. I started editing on my phone and uh, it worked out. So and the yeah. virus was the one I was super proud of because um, people were, you know, some, some cool people were going crazy for that uh they're like this you know some actors and stuff like that this is really good and uh but that uh, again my it, it comes down to people that are like eh, okay great when's your next party trick
1: yeah anyway. where cool. does uh this podcast rank in terms of your accomplishments during the pandemic Oh, top
0: 100,000 <laughs> It's good I mean it's great because you just, some people don't know some people do a podcast and then don't let you ever talk at all. Yeah, you know, that's, that's that's what my podcast is like. <laughs> is that what yours is like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well we haven't even done it for I I just I I'm so tired of opinions. Like there's so many opinions and everybody's got an opinion. And um most people and uh, from all sides of these, you know, political realms and all kinds of even sports and stuff, they have no they have no basis from what their opinion is formed. It's like, I I heard a couple things and I'm going to form an opinion on this. you go, ah, oh, come on. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's deep dive into this a little bit more. So, yeah. um, I, I, you know, when people are, you know, um, when, like, like, I don't want to hear somebody's opinion that uh, I have a friend, Michael Lombardi, uh, who, uh, you, you, you probably know Michael Lombardi, right. Yeah. Or know of him. Yeah. Um, I love him. When I want to know stuff about football, I ask him because he's been, he worked with Walsh. He's worked with Belichick. He knows. So that those are people that I want to hear from, Uh, you know, not somebody who's, and you do this when you do sports, you know, you guys have, you guys have fun. You you do the the opinions and you, 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 you guys are a, a fun show, but when you really need some insight, you go, I don't know. Let's get somebody on the phone and yeah, do it. But sure. some people don't even, a lot of people can't admit they don't know stuff. Right. And uh, that's the stuff that that drives me crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. well, uh, listen, this has been fun, man. I it's been, it's been I, it's way better than I thought it
1: was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's what I was yeah, aiming for. You know for.
2: what? You know what? For us too.
1: Yeah, for us too. <laughs> way better.
0: <laughs> better than we <laughs> thought true that's you know what that might be the new name of my podcast better than you think (laughs) better than you'd hoped is
1: there anything you want to promote you've got a podcast
0: uh caliando cast we've been off for a while but we're supposed to record later today which will probably be coming out this week i don't know when you're when you're out so um the uh we'll be out there'll be a new one probably out by the time people hear this
1: all right cool cool hey uh frank thank you very much man really appreciate you doing this yeah thanks everybody All right. There you have it. Frank Caliendo, great all-round guy. And uh, you know, when he comes on Mason in Ireland, I was just telling you uh, before we started recording, I just beat the hell out of him. I mean, I really, I'm like, are you going to do that Madden impression? How long are you going to keep doing that Madden impression? People are tired of the Barclay. Get me something new. Uh, (laughs) I'll do stuff like that. So this was a completely different conversation. I think he liked it.
2: So um how long into having him on the show did you um did you start berating him? Did you do that right on right out of the gate?
1: No, I think at first I was dazzled and impressed. Mm-hmm. Um and he's done the show a lot over the years, but ultimately he became less dazzling and less impressive to me as we went along and I thought I could <laughs> ju- joke and and goof around with him. Um and he rolls with it. He rolls with it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's like your impressions from the mid 20th century. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I want you to work on a new impression. Okay. We're, we're, yeah, you're just dismissing me. No, I want you to work on a new impression. Something uh, contemporary? Tr- from year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> Something from now. All right. I'll see what I can do. See what you can do. Um, all right. Hey, it's uh, the show is made possible by our friend, uh, Jacob Amrani. And uh, we have listeners all over the world. We know it's weird. We have listeners in Israel, I saw. Is that? that, Yeah, we absolutely do. We have listeners in Israel. Um, We are spreading like crazy right now, the Culture Pop podcast. But if you're in Los Angeles and you're involved in a car accident Motorcycle accident, pedestrian accident, something at work. You want somebody that can handle every single aspect of your case and get you the compensation that you deserve. And that is Jacob and Ronnie. If you're involved in Uber or Lyft accident, Jacob is an expert when dealing with that stuff. He's done more Uber and Lyft cases than anybody in the country. And by the way, if you initially feel like you picked the wrong lawyer, uh, for your case, and you're not happy with the way he's handling it, it is not too late. Call Jacob for a free second opinion. The phone number, 844 24 Jacob. Save this and remember it 844 24 Jacob. That's 844 24 Jacob. Or remember the catchy jingle accident or injury. Call Jacob and Ronnie. Call, Call Jacob. Jacob. Not bad. All right. Not bad yeah. we're we're our timing's you? a little back, a
2: little back. Um, <laughs> Kathy Ladman was laughing at something that I had said one time to you um that we're worse now that we could see each other. <laughs> We're worse at the timing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, hard to believe that now looking at each other, we can't get the timing right for the uh, Jacob and Ronnie jingle. Hey, uh, the, uh, the best thing you can do for us here on the show is to hit the subscribe button, whether that is on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you are listening to us on. Don't forget to rate and review. Uh, we're having a good run on the show, Sue. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. This is a good stretch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, everybody, for listening, and we will see you all next time.